It is no secret that the travel industry has undergone some major changes in the past few years. And even though it is back and booming, so much of why and how we travel has changed. Welcome to Travel Redefined. I'm Sarah Dandeshi and I'm your host, and I'm excited to talk to thought leaders in the hospitality and travel space for insight on the future of travel. All right, welcome back to another episode of Travel Redefined, where we are talking to individuals in the travel industry uh, that work in different aspects of it. And today's conversation is really interesting. Um, For those that know me know that I'm all about how can we be forward thinking when it comes to the travel industry. And I think this platform is really unique and really interesting. So today's guest is Corey Ashen Walters. He is the founder and CEO of Here, which is a platform that allows users to invest in vacation rentals like stocks. Now, I don't know about you guys that you're listening, but if uh, over the past couple of years, everybody got really, really heavy into investing in their own stocks. And I think that this is so interesting, especially if you have a background in the travel industry. This just kind of combines all of these perfect worlds together. So without further ado, Corey, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Sarah. It's great to meet. Yes. So good to meet. So I, what I love too is that, you know, and you're going to be filling us more in on, on your platform, but um, it just seems so perfect for the concept of this show, as far as this notion of being, travel being redefined. You know, we're looking at the industry in so many different ways, um, and I think it's what we're really. You guys are definitely doing something very unique and different um, in regards to here. So, let's go ahead and talk about it. What is here more than what I said, and what sort of led you to create it and maybe come up with that concept? Sure. So put simply, here essentially turns vacation rentals into stocks that investors can trade. So the idea uh, is super simple. Um, You know, we essentially fractionalize ownership of uh, short-term vacation rentals, also known as Airbnbs, you know, really cool places and cool destinations. Um, And we make it easy for the average person to invest um, in those assets through fractional ownership. So, so, you know, think of like a timeshare or these other, you know, kind of legacy mechanisms of way, ways for people to own these types of vacation homes. They generally cost you money every year to own. Um, they're kind of in weird locations. They're in like a resort, like condo. You don't really have your own space. Um, a lot of shared, shared kind of amenities, things of that nature. And in here scenario, we really focus on these, these really unique properties, whether it be a, a home in Joshua Tree or Big Bear or Gatlinburg or, or, or a beach house, you know, on the, on the Florida coast. Um, and then we break it up into super small shares. So generally, like timeshares is a great example. Like you've, there, there's probably 10 to 15 people that maybe own that property and you get it 20 days out of the year, whatever the case may be. Well, in here's case, we have hundreds of investors that own an individual property. And then we rent it out full time to um, to tourists, so people that that visit these locations that I mentioned, and they essentially um, um, earn passive income through that ownership. So these investors are entitled to any of the income the property generates from bookings, any appreciation that the property generates as well. Um, so it's a really unique way to not just invest in real estate, but really invest in the travel industry. You know, there there really isn't another way I don't know of that you can essentially invest in the travel industry outside of investing in stocks like you know, Expedia or whatever that may be, or even Airbnb, um, it's an incredible way to take part in, you know, this growing travel industry that's happening over the last, um, you know, decade and into the next decade. Yeah, it's so fascinating too, because I mean, being somebody that, you know, I, I definitely find that really interesting. Um, in fact, and understanding we're all being far more 
conscious as far as, okay, like, what are we doing with our money and how are we being smart with it and what are we investing in? And so we all know the travel industry is just going to, is continuing to grow. Um, and we also know that property value is continuing to grow. So this sure. is sort of like the best of both worlds. And, and it is different, you know, than, as you were saying, like it is very different. It's it is not a timeshare. It's not yes, that. Yes, not that a timeshare at all. Yes. So, I, um, to be very clear on that, but it's but you get more of a benefit out of it. <laughs> I think sure, exactly. Well, similar similar to a timeshare where people think about you know fractional ownership of vacation homes, um, but in our case, it's for somebody that's looking for an investment. Yeah. Um, you know where um, traditionally people invest in stocks, you know REITs, things of that nature, and even traditional real estate. Um, the challenge is the, the cost of homes are so high nowadays to to invest in real estate as an individual. It's becoming, you know, somewhat of a pastime. It's almost impossible now in regards to buying a single family home, let alone a short term vacation rental. Mm -hmm. um, and and, and in, in the case of short term vacation rentals to outperform the market, you really have to know what you're doing. You have to do well on the design. You have to do well on the guest experience. You have to do well on picking the right location and picking the right market. So there's a lot that goes into it. And in here's case, we really make it as easy as uh, a couple taps on your phone and you can call yourself a real estate investor. So it's a really, really cool experience and uh, costs as little as, ten, as, a, as, as little as $100 for investors to invest. So it's, it's really for everyone. Yeah, no, and definitely. And the, um, yeah, the, the barrier to entry is super low, which we're going to come back to that. So wait, yeah. how did you come up with this concept? Oh man. So, um, so this is my second technology startup. So before here, okay. I founded a company called Homeworthy back in, um, uh, 2017, we started working on the project. We launched in 2019. Unfortunate for Homeworthy, we kind of timed, timed the market pretty poorly, um, because of COVID, you know, we, we hit March of 2020 world gets turned upside down. And unfortunately Homeworthy didn't make it through that, uh, really tough cycle. And um, in the ashes of that company, um, I really wanted to um, return for my second act and, and start thinking about you know what to build next. And uh, around this time, Airbnb was getting ready to go public, and there was this—I think this was like mm -hmm. September of 2020. Yep, and there was a bunch right. of bunch of great research on um, not just the travel industry, but really alternative accommodations when mm -hmm. people travel. And there's this great research report from a company called Grandview Research. And about halfway through this report, there's a metric that said by 2025, 75 percent of all travel and leisure spend in North America was going to be made by millennials or younger. Um, and that really um, struck a chord in me because it basically sent me down this crazy rabbit hole looking for answers. Basically looked like, you know, this is going to be a pretty big wave. Basically, yeah. young people are going to drive the majority of, of, of travel spend. And it's no secret with it that when they travel, they prefer experience-based accommodations, whether it be camping, glamping, or staying in an Airbnb. There's, a, there's a definitely a preference there. So um, that was the kind of kernel of the idea for here, which was there's going to be a big opportunity in, in this space. And, um, you know, I don't know the last time you stayed in an Airbnb, but it's pretty inconsistent in regards from place to place when you stay. You don't know what you're going to walk into. Yeah. You don't know if, like, there's going to be dirty plates in the sink or if the sheets are going to be dirty or if the front door lock's even going to work. Yeah. So we thought, what if we brought, you know, almost like hotel, hotel caliber professionalism and expectations to short-term rentals? Um, you know, could we appeal to the people that are already craving those types of things, like staying in these alternative accommodations, um, but build a predictable experience? So again, it was kind of like a, 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 a kernel that, that led me to follow these cookie crumbs that essentially, you know, ended us up um, in, in where here is today. I love that. I love that like backstory. And it's so interesting because that's kind of how, how the arc of things go is like, you know, you're kind of like building in one direction. And then, as you said, like you're just kind of following those kernels and 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 it makes sense and now and you know the marketplace 
from a different perspective and then adding a different twist to it to obviously bring here to what it is. So, um, right. I, so I, I'm curious about this. So I, and you know, being a former hotelier, uh, but I am also a fan of staying in home rentals and we've also seen a lot of big hotel brands branch out into that. So it's definitely acknowledging that this is an, incre- uh, um, a growing part of the market. So, um, that when you, I love that you were talking about that you have that predictability as far as the experience. So what do you look for when you all are adding properties to here and, and how does a property become of your marketplace? Obviously I'm sure like location, but what else do you look for? You know, it's something, something very, you know, it's a very unique process because traditionally if you put your real estate investor cap on all that matters is return on investment, return on investment, return on investment, return on investment. That's all that matters. Just like location, location, location. What's unique about short-term rentals specifically is that just because a, a, a place performs exceptionally well, let's say you found a, a found a place, you filled it with IKEA furniture, you cheaped out on like Amazon Basics, everything, and yes, it may perform well, but it may not be desirable uh, f- from a long-term standpoint, or may not be um, s- sustainable from a long-term standpoint. So when we look at properties, we look at many different features. Um, first and foremost, is it a beautiful home? Is the exterior design of the home, the architecture, is it distinct? Will this stand out against other homes in, in the area as a unique home? Will people long for it? You know, is there a cinematic aspect of this home that, that, that really you know, uh, uh, draws people to the home? And then second, se- secondly, is, is the location. We actually look at this before we look at the location. Is the location a place that we'd like to be in? So in here's case, we launch properties as easy as we launch markets. So you know, it, right, I think today we're, we're in around 11 markets. Um, and we're only about six months old. So we, we grow markets incredibly fast. Um, um, so, so in many cases, we look at the property first, and then we actually then look at the markets. We look all over the country. But in many cases, we're looking for places that are, that are beautiful. It's really, really important. It's really important to what we, what we do. Um, and um, once we decide the property is the type of property we'd like to buy, it's in a market that we'd like to be in, we then underwrite the market itself. So we use great tools that exist today, like AirDNA, you know, Awning, et cetera, um, to, to underwrite the property to see how it would do comparably from a booking standpoint to other properties. So those are measuring things like occupancy rate, um, projected booking revenue, um, average daily rate per room. So similar things you'd see in a hotel. If you're thinking about building a new hotel in a location, we look at a lot of the same kind of macro traits, but then we also look at the micro. We then go down and look at other properties, properties within a you know mile or two of that location. How would this stack up against that? So really it starts with beauty and then it goes into the data. And the, the data is what, in, what inevitably drives us to purchase a property. But what's ironic is if you flip that, you end up with a bunch of ugly properties that perform exceptionally well that people may want to stay in because it's a cheap accommodation, but it's not something you'd want to sign your name next to. And it's not something that's going to attract investors in our yeah, definitely. So it's a very unique way that, you know, and by the way, we didn't think this is how it was going to go down. We didn't, when we first started thinking about the idea for here, it was all it was going to be about was the numbers. And now we look at so much more. Um, it's a very unique acquisition experience. It is really unique. And it's interesting because it's just me, uh, you know, as, as some of my basic understanding as far as, uh, you know, uh, hotels and properties and understanding that similarly, you might have more of like, let's just say a, a two or a three star property that as far as like the return on the investment, like they actually do pretty well. Again, is it something that people are like, 
yeah, I own a Motel 6. But it's yeah, like the Motel 6 it. might make them a lot of money, but it's not like saying like, oh, I own XYZ or like a cool boutique experience. Are you going to tell your friends? Are you going to tell your friends that you, that, you know, great example, you know, um, uh, uh, trailer parks and RV park, like they, they do exceptionally well from a so return on well investment too. standpoint. Exactly. The You're challenge right. is, is that they're harder to um, pitch investors on. They're harder to generate, you know, interest from an investment standpoint. So, you know, you could, you could essentially point the same scope at, yeah, uh, short-term rentals where you go, you know, you chase yield and you end up with a bunch of, you know, uh, kind of moderate, like what you said, two or three star, you know, homes that they've got a bunch of, of, of Ikea furniture um, and they perform well in the short term, but you know, where is it in the long term? How does it do, you know, four years from now or five years from now? And, and this is actually a really interesting point. Um, you know, before, before um, even Homeworthy, I, I worked at a company called the Marlton Hotel and the Marlton Hotel was a hotel in New York city and it was owned by a guy named Sean McPherson and Sean McPherson owns the Bowery Hotel, the Jane Hotel, the Ludlow, just these beautiful boutique hotels, some of the most classic. beautiful hotels in cla exactly classic in, in New York City. And the reason why I bring this up is when they set these, these, these properties up, the furnishing in many cases is built to last for north of a decade. And the Bowery is a great example. The Bowery, I think, is over 20 years old. And the Bowery just feels so beautiful and elegant and classic. And I think when we think about acquiring properties, it's like, well, how will this, how will this, you know, age. Yeah. Twenty years from now. You know, exactly. so it's just it's you it's it's just you almost have to take your real estate investor cap off and put on like your boutique hotelier cap and like how would how would we set this up so that it can sustain for the long term. Exactly. And we are seeing that shift that's, again, as you had mentioned it before, that travelers are looking for more of these experiential things. So we're, they're not necessarily craving the churn and burn sort of atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and, and because this ties into obviously it being an investment platform, you aren't looking for the short term. You are looking for the long term because that is obviously where people are going to make more more um, money in regards to that. So you've touched on this before, um, like for first time in investors that it's, it's a bare, the minimum to invest is a hundred dollars, right? Yes, correct. So hundred dollars. Who, who's the ideal user for here? Oh, wow. Okay. So our, I know. Our, <laughs> yes. Well, our, you know, there's, there is my, um, philosophical ideal user and then okay. there's what the data shows us. So our, my Phyllis, let's I'll start philosophical. So, you know, I grew up, you know, watching my parents get wealthy in real estate and, um, it was, and it, it, it felt like it was attainable for me. It felt like part of the, um, the part of the American dream. You get a job, you buy a house, and then maybe you buy an investment property and then a second house or whatever. The reality is I'm a young person and it seems like those days are either numbered or gone. So in our case, we really built here, and it's regardless of age really, but really just for, for the, the, the person that has always dreamt of investing in real estate and um, are excited of the idea of when they think about investing in real estate, they look to, you know, short-term rentals, you know, also known as Airbnbs as what they think of the ideal real estate investment. So we've really built here for that person. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, in regards to what the data shows us, um, it, it is, it is, you know, it's around, uh, around 35% of our users are female and around 65% are male. Uh, but that is starting to flip. So it's it's starting to grow largely female. Um, and we've noticed this over the last couple of months. So we, we largely speak to a, a female audience and it skews younger. So anywhere from the age of uh, yeah, around 23 to um, to a, around 44. So really that's, 
um, wow. where the bulk of our from it from an age demographic where where they um, uh, where they are. Um, but really, it's the person that just wants to invest in real estate that never that that either they know it's not possible or they're they're looking to get started. You know, just think about getting started investing in real estate. It's so hard. Think about how much money it takes to save. You know, if you wanted to buy a house today, I think the median the median home in the United States is around four hundred thousand dollars today. Yeah. And if you want to put twenty percent down, that's eighty thousand dollars. And if you want to fill it with furniture, you know, you're talking another twenty five or thirty grand. So where do you come up with a hundred thousand dollars if you make eighty thousand dollars a year to buy your first real estate investment? The reality is, it's going to take you a decade, and by the time you save that money, the it's home value is already. It's this. It's this. It's It's you can never catch the rabbit. It just keeps. Yeah. It just keeps extending. So in here's case, it allows people to get started investing in real estate today. And what we believe is not just the coolest way to invest in real estate, which are these beautiful short-term rentals, like the most exotic destinations on the planet, but also the highest yielding asset class in real estate, which are short-term vacation rentals. So, um, you know, it's a bit of a long-winded response to who our core um, yeah. uh, investor is. But I know, but it's interesting. And I find it interesting how, you know, philosophically or so you sort of anticipated a certain type of individual might be, um, be hopping on board, but then actually seeing the data. And that is really fascinating. What's also interesting, um, especially if you're seeing the, the pendulum swift to shift to more females is that when it comes to the travel market, it's something like eight, like females are making the travel decisions. So sure. it, they're already kind of looking at those destinations, which obviously kind of ties into, to all of this. So I don't know where there's a, where there's a, well, it, a trend. There's gotta be some crossover there. So, yeah. so my, totally. my girlfriend is a, is a couple years younger than me and she just picked up the Robin hood app for the first time in, okay. in, in about, so I'm, so I'm 31. She's a little okay. bit younger than me. She just picked it up. I've had the Robin hood app for 10 years, Yeah, you know, and it's an example of, it seems like that, 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 um, demographic is, is really wising up to these ways to invest in, 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 in whether it be stocks, whether it be building their own stock portfolio, whether it be finding these other ways to invest. Um, so we really think it's a, it's, it's an exciting opportunity. Um, for, you know, not just, not just, uh, men, but also women, um, yeah, um, definitely. Oh, invest for, in of vacation rentals. yeah, exactly. Pretty much anybody that's <laughs> yeah. kind of like looking to, to invest, you know, moving forward, just all right. really kind of fascinating how, how just different parts of the, um, you know, just the different data that you're seeing. It's, it's always interesting to see like, Oh, very cool. Um, so I know we, I had mentioned this before and we can definitely acknowledge it, but I'd love a little bit more insight if you can share. Um, okay. The forward, the, where we see the future as far as the vacation rental industry moving forward. Um, you know, we talked about it. It's been booming for some time. Hotels have gotten in on it. We know that. Um, I mean, how do you see this trajectory as far as continuing to grow um, in popularity moving forward? It feels like a rising tide mm-hmm. amongst amongst every asset class in travel. It almost feels like it's not unique to short-term rentals. It's not unique to camping. It's not new, unique to hotels. It's like, it seems like they're building hotels, like they're going out of style and they're building these beautiful hotels. And the same goes for this, you know, rapidly growing market in short-term rentals. The same thing, things happening with camping and like people renting RVs to go and travel the United States. I just think there's a desire amongst yeah. Americans to explore. And, you know, maybe when I grew up, it wasn't a thing. Like when I was really young, cause my parents didn't really, didn't really drive that home in me, but it just feels like younger people, like it's just hard to explain, but it seems like that's such a priority is to explore. And it seems like it's impacting every piece of travel, not just 
short-term rentals, not just the airlines, not it's just everything. Um, and I don't think it's slowing down. I think it's going to continue. Yeah, no, and I actually love that you brought that up because this is, reminds me of a discussion I happen to have, but it ties in so well. You'd mentioned the American dream before, you know what I mean? And I actually think that we are in the middle of the notion, the traditional notion of the American dream is shifting. And the main, the difference is, is that now this notion of exploration or this freedom to go and have these experiences sure. mobility. is a big, mobility is a big part yes. of it. And so um, I think that, that that has now become, has woven itself into the thread of what the new American dream is. Yeah, it's, it's almost like COVID, like, it's almost like we we went into like a different met, a different metaverse. Like we almost yeah. went into like a different or they call multiverse. That's what they the call multiverse. it. Like all that. Yeah, yeah. It almost like it like sent us into a different dimension where totally. everything changed and then it's like I think we all thought things were gonna go back to normal and now it's like, no, but like that was really, that sucked. But like we learned yeah. a bunch of cool stuff and like exactly. this is kinda cool. So like I'm gonna just move around the country I'm gonna move all over the country and you know, live somewhat of a quasi nomadic life and and I'm going to travel more. And like, I don't know. And I, I think, I don't think it's ever going back. I think, it, yeah, I, think no. I think you're right. We're in it. And we're in a time of a shifting, like new American dream. 100%. It excites me. I actually think it's, I think it's about time, frankly. It's so exciting because again, in it, you have more of that work-life balance and all of these other aspects that we have definitely overlooked and pushed to the side for so long. So it, it is this exciting time. Um, so like shifting gears a little bit and just talking about the travel industry in general. I mean, obviously you're looking at it through an investment lens, certainly, um, you know, with the, with the vacation rental lens, but as an industry, like, what are you seeing? Have you seen, whether it's from your own experiences or even in random data that you've maybe come across, are there any interesting travel trends that you're seeing from your side of the industry? Um, yes. So, so, and I actually think I read this recently and we've seen it ourselves. Um, and, and that is that domestic travel has become a lot more popular within the last six months. So people really traveling, actually a lot of the similar things that were happening during COVID where people are traveling three and four hours away from home and really exploring wherever their home state, wherever they are. Um, that seems to be the big trend, which is like a lot of people that, you know, they, they live in, in Georgia in Atlanta, but they're going up to Blue Ridge or they live in Los Angeles and they're spending weekends in Joshua Tree. Um, so I think that's going to continue. That seems to be a, a, a big trend, but there, but, Again, back to this point, it's like it seems like everything's on fire, like everything's, you know, incredibly hot right now. Mm -hmm. I think the same goes for 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 international travel and yeah. specifically. And I'm and I'm being selfish by 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 reclaiming the investing side. But, you know, we, we think there's a big opportunity with people that want to invest in own real estate in other countries, because currently it's very hard to do that. Um, it's very hard to own an investment property in another country. So we, we think there's a big opportunity there, specifically in South America and places like Peru, Colombia, and Mexico. And it's somewhere mm -hmm. we're spending a lot of time thinking about. Well, and I feel like the barrier to entry, it's, it's a little bit lower um, mm -hmm. than here as far as, so, yeah, yeah, financially, exactly. So um, that's really fascinating as well, too. I also think that we're probably going to be a shift in as far as those markets are going to continue are going to boom a lot more as well moving forward without getting getting too too deep into things but yeah i think that that's a smart move and am really exciting so love that that's also what you're you're seeing as well so um so 
kind of in line with the theme or the name of this show, Travel Redefined, um, and why I love bringing everybody on because everyone has a little bit of a different perspective on this. Considering these current shifts in travelers' mindsets, their goals, maybe just everything that we're seeing, all of these shifts and everything we've kind of talked about, um, how do you see travel being redefined? I think the biggest change or, or, or seismic change um, um, is, is probably, I mean, again, I think this is why we're, we're here and why, why we're talking today is really around taking ownership of the places you experience, specifically the places you continue to experience. So, you know, I think it, it's, it's a bit about nostalgia. I think when, um, you know, when I grew up, my family would vacation in a certain location. A lot of people have that, 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 you know, they, they grew up in Chicago and their families would vacation in the Great Lakes or, you know, wherever it may be. And I think a lot of us are being called back to that. But we want to find a play, find a way to, um, uh, you know, take ownership of that, or you know, in, in some way, you know, put their stake in the ground in, in those 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 places. And this is why I brought up the international thing, is I think yeah. you know, people there's this excitement. My own version of this is I I would love to own a vacation home in Japan, like that's my goal. Well, and I think awesome. I'm I think I'm one of many that have that same type of feeling of, you know, this desire to back on this like the, what we talked about with mobility about being able to have roots in multiple places. Yes. You know, not just where you live today, but where you could live tomorrow. So I think that's going to be a big trend around, you know, finding these places that you love, traveling to them and then being like, "Man, I really want to come back here like maybe next summer and then maybe the summer after that." And like how cool could it be if we had a place here we could like have some of our things. So anyways, I think I think that's a big trend. I think it's going to continue and I think um, I think it's new. I think it's I think it's a new um, a new way of life. I love that. I, and it, um, that, that's actually, I, I haven't had anybody yet sort of pinpoint that sort of like trend or redefining as far as travel, but I love what you said. So, and, and really thoughtful as well too. So definitely a, that was great. No, that, that was awesome to, to hear you say that. So um, I, I was thinking about this and this is interesting because of what you said at the beginning, this notion as far as going in, into these properties and having, you know, more of a, that you knew, you knew the type of experience that you were going to have, you know, so that there was this consistency. Would love to hear your thoughts on this, um, because I think that this has also changed. Um, but when we're talking about like a hospitality and that sort of thing, uh, there's this notion of five-star service. And I think that that has also changed as well too. So what, what would make something five-star service or what does five-star service mean to you? It's interesting. It's an interesting <laughs> question because what I grew up with is five-star service, mm -hmm. which was white glove and yeah. quasi Butler like, I think has changed. Totally. I think in many cases, five-star service is, is almost like your, whoever is serving you in this case, it could be a hotel, it could be a restaurant. It's almost like they're like a, um, a psychic or they have a crystal ball and, and you don't know that you want it, but they're going to show you that you want it and that you're going to enjoy it. And I think to me, that's what takes something from just standard expectations of, is it clean? Is it nice? You know, et cetera, to wow. That imprint, yeah. I think, I think if something imprints something in your brain forever, it's a memory. If like, if I think that's, I think that's when something steps over in a five-star service is if, is if, the touch point was so memorable that it, it, it imprints a memory in your brain. To me, that's five-star service. To me, that I'm trying to think of an example lately where I've experienced that. But 
Um, it maybe I know it's always tricky to think of those. Lately, but, and, for me, it's been restaurants. But ah. it's just that it's that thing that you um, you just don't expect, and it comes and it comes. And it, in a hotel, it could be a million things. In a restaurant, it could be a handful of things. But I think it's really just whoever's on the other end on the on the end of serving you. They're they're um, anticipating your needs, even if you don't know that you need them. Yes, you know what I mean. So I, to me, that's five star service. I love that. I love that. That is actually one of the things um, I've talked about before. It's more, it's, it's that more than that anticipating the needs, but it's like, it's, it's thinking it's providing the guest with an option. They didn't even know they needed. Yes. You know, that it was like, that. wait, how did you even like get into my mind mm-hmm. and know that I would want that? Yes, I want 100%. that. <laughs> 100%. So I love that. And what's interesting again, to draw attention to this for everybody mm-hmm. that's listening, well, we, we, we didn't even talk about the four walls that this service is in because that can be anywhere. So that's, I think, also the interesting thing that we have definitely shifted away from, you know, the white tablecloth, white glove service um, to something that is a little bit more thoughtful and meaningful. So love that you you tapped into that. To me, five-star service has nothing to do with luxury. It has nothing to do with luxury. And I think that's an important piece because I agree, it's totally changed because it, it's all, I mean, for as long as I remember, it's all about luxury, white tablecloth, gloves, this, that, chocolate, et cetera. And it's really changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. It's, it's such a specific point there. So I'm, I'm glad that you added that. So thank you for answering those questions. I know that we shifted gears and got a little bit more like thoughtful and thought thought provoking, but I like that. So, um, well, just to kind of wrap things up here, this has been an incredible conversation. I'm, um, as soon as we get off of this call, I'm definitely going to be logging on to here being like, let's start investing. This is very cool. Um, but for those that are tuning in, what, what's next for here? What should we be on the lookout for? What's exciting that's in the pipeline? Yeah, absolutely. So really right now we're laser focused on launching new markets. So in our case, we're, we're really looking to go as far as the eye could see, you know, from uh, Florida to Alaska, to the Hudson Valley, to the California desert, you name it, we're looking to explore. Um, so that's really what, you know, what the first act of here looks like. Um, and we're, we're really thinking about, you know, in our, in our second act, how can, how can our investors on our platform experience a here property? And how can they experience it or share that experience with um, their friends or family members? So that's the, you know, the, the, the things that we're looking at over the next you know, couple of months heading into the next year. Um, and it's something that we're very excited to, to debut to the world and probably what your listeners are probably most excited about, which is potentially yeah. experiencing um, a, a here property. Yes. Very exciting. We'll, we'll definitely be sure to have all the, the info um, for not only how people can connect with you, but also just how they can find out more information about here and definitely stay tuned for, for the journey because it has only just begun and it's so exciting. So um, love this. And thank you again so much for coming on today and sharing a bit of your story and your industry insights because it, it's a unique perspective and, and I really, I learned a lot, I know. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here today, Sarah. Awesome. Thank you. So for everyone tuning in, definitely check out the show notes. All the details will be there. You can find out more about here. You can also find out how to get in touch with Corey and continuing on. So that's it for this week. See you guys soon. Well, there you have it. Thank you for tuning in to Travel Redefined. Hopefully you've taken away something from this week's guests and that you too are excited to see how travel is evolving. Don't forget to leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and subscribe so that you won't miss out on the amazing conversations to come. And until next time, keep on traveling.